What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Like the Oakland A's? Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friend, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silva, brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again on a Monday night. I am here and live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however you may be watching and listening tonight. Boy, I've got a lot to talk about. What a fun weekend it was, wasn't it, folks? My goodness, I, I had so much fun. Hockey um, hockey playoffs is underway. We had three overtimes in hockey this past weekend. I mean, my God, there is nothing like playoff hockey that just gets us all going, gets us all ready to roll. So the Stanley Cup playoffs is officially underway, and man, you could not have asked for anything better than that. Um, I was really, I was really impressed with how you know the playoffs went about, and it was really good. Vegas unfortunately drops one in overtime. The Islanders end up taking the game against Pittsburgh. And then, of course, you had the Capitals getting one in overtime, and Tampa Bay looks real good. So there was a lot of takeaways from here. We got a lot to talk about. The NHL playoffs, we got the NBA's play-in tournament. We have so much to do. But by the way, I just wanted to showcase this, but a little souvenir here for the office is, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury with the game-saving with the game saving, um, with game saving puck there against Nick Patan. That was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Man, wasn't this just wasn't this just fun? Um, another another souvenir to add to all of the collection of my great souvenirs here up on my side. I will be showcasing that here in this podcast office. But I really want to get down into this and talk about this play in this in play tournament. So a lot his a lot of this is different in playoff atmospheres this year. I mean, hockey right now they're playing with. Two rounds of in-division hockey play. You've also got, um, I mean, you've also got, you know, because they don't face against uh, different divisions until they get to the semifinals um, and then get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So that is an interesting look for a playoff. Uh, last year, you had a play-in tournament with 
um, in hockey where it was more of just like a qualifiers round in order to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I thought that went by so well. It was a lot of fun. In baseball, you had the wild card game. It was a one-and-done deal until it became a best-of-three series, which I think, respectfully, that's how it should be played because you don't get a perfect lineup in one night, in one game. It's just not possible. So this NBA play-in tournament is going to be really, really interesting, and I, I don't know how all of this is really going to work and how all of this is truly... Um, how it's truly going to set the tone, uh, for the you know for the NBA playoffs moving forward. I mean, I I'm looking at this whole entire playoff picture, and it's really interesting how we just set this whole thing up. So, looking at all of the teams, I mean, you got Utah, who's the number one seed. Following them is Phoenix at number two. Um, the Denver Nuggets at three, Clippers at four. Dallas at five, Portland at six. And then you have the next few seeds, which goes all the way to 10. That's the Lakers, that's the Warriors, that's the Grizzlies, and then that's San Antonio. So that's all in the West. The East, you have the Sixers as the number one seed, first time since 2001. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are number two. The Bucks are third. Knicks are fourth. Atlanta's fifth. Uh, the Heat are sixth, and then all the way from seven through ten is the Celtics, the Wizards, the Pacers, and then Charlotte. I can tell you right now, there are going to be three games nobody's going to watch. Nobody's going to watch the, the 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 three of the four games. I can guarantee you that. Nobody's going to pay attention to, to Memphis and San Antonio. Here's the thing. Greg Popovich is a legendary coach. We all know that. And the successes that he's had with San Antonio and with the defensive cores that he's had over the years, this year just doesn't look the same. No LaMarcus Aldridge. DeMar DeRozan's probably the only best you got. And then you have the rest of young rookies. And then you have on the other side, and I will argue this, John Morant is incredible. John Morant is the kind that he does everything with the basketball. Passes, defends, and he also shoots. So John Morant might be the only exciting thing. Doesn't mean it's going to be a watchable game. How about the Pacers and the Hornets? Well, Indiana just so happens to just make the playoffs despite having at least the last few games lost. And then outside of it, you only have Demantis Sabonis, TJ Warren. But this team, I don't know what they're making their minds up. If they're either rebuilding or if they're actually going and competing for playoffs, but I feel like they just punched their ticket in, move on through this season, and then what's the next question for Sabonis? But on the other side, shout out to, um, if he's watching this, is PJ Washington Jr. Congratulations. Way to make the spot, and good luck to you guys. Um, but you have LaMelo Ball, who's been outstanding as a rookie this year. I mean, he does everything. And I thought it was very incredible how he was able to make an impact in a young core team that all they do is just build up their youngsters, and then eventually they get traded off into 
contending teams. But this year, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, these are some young cats. This is interesting to see from here, but doesn't mean that it will be the most watched game in the playoffs. And then finally, Boston and Washington. The Boston Celtics, I don't know what's been going on. I don't know what's been happening all throughout these last couple of games and in the last season. Boston, for whatever reason, looks like a mess. And it's interesting. And let me just tell you this, because people want to blame Brad Stevens. But Brad Stevens is smart enough that he can coach. Jason Tatum, people don't seem to believe in him. But managed to get to the Eastern Conference Final. And that was what was interesting about the Boston Celtics. And it looked like the young core that without Kyrie, they could eventually win a championship. There's more and more pieces that need to be added for Boston to make that happen. But I feel like they have the right coach. Ultimately, if you're Danny Ainge and you're looking at this thing, what else now needs to happen? I mean, Boston, who climbed up the standings, then eventually took a fall. It fell to the seventh seed. Uh, Washington, Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's actually playing a much, much better game than anybody would have anticipated, including myself. And Russell Westbrook right now is playing a different type of basketball we ain't seen, or all of us that we've always, we've always listed something on Russell Westbrook. But Brad, then you have Bradley Beal. I just don't think it's a big-time Washington team, in my opinion. But here's the thing again. Doesn't seem like it's going to be the most watched. I'll guarantee you right now, the only watched game that is going to put faces and eyes on the television is going to be the Lakers and Warriors. That's the only tournament. The only tournament game of the four is going to be that one. Because what are you getting? You're getting Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, I feel like is an MVP. He big, like big time. He made a lot of adjustments, and his shoot, his shooting is incredible. Best shooter I've ever seen on the face of this earth. Steph Curry knows what to do, and he's been doing this for a long time. His ball handling skill the shots, and just the camaraderie and the chemistry he has is incredible in Golden State. Wow, how can you not play with Steph Curry? I think it's one of the big impactful things. And then what do I have on the other side with the Lakers? I've got Anthony Davis and i got LeBron James. But here's what's interesting. And I spoke about this early this morning on uh, the morning show at Spotlight. I, I I just I think this is the most exciting, probably the most watched game we'll see in a play-in tournament. And it's one that you you it's a grinder. You don't even know who you're gonna pick, whether it's Golden State or it's the Lakers, Steph Curry or LeBron James. They both have faced each other in the past. Steph has had moments where he's beaten LeBron, but remember the team and the the group he's had. I mean, it was a very impressive group. But then everybody started to throw a lot of this shade, thinking Steph Curry won't win a championship without Kevin Durant or with Klay Thompson 
or with Draymond Green. He had a lot of adversities this year that was thrown at him, and here they are again. I mean, Bob Myers and a lot of these guys in the front offices have been trusting themselves within the processes to get them to this point. Now, I don't see them being a completely impactful team in this playoff run because think about some of the rest of the teams in this, you know, in this playoffs. It's tough. Utah is tough. Dallas is tough. There are a bunch of tough teams. But I think this would be the most exciting game we'll watch to start the playoffs. Because ultimately, you got Golden State who missed the playoffs last year. And they took a step back. All the injuries started to plague. And then you had to develop your rookies. So now here they are in this position. And Steph is back in the playoffs. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're great players. But it doesn't seem like Anthony Davis is really reliable, which is odd to me. You would think this team would have been really good defensively and offensively, but there have been a lot of changes. I'm not disregarding the fact of when it comes to veteran leadership. I do believe that. But I also do think that if you're going to play this thing right, the only thing you would really have to do is you got to trust your core. You got to trust everyone around you. And I feel like the Lakers are in a position where some of these guys are banged up and it just doesn't seem like the same championship vibe team to me. I think there have been taken a few hits. I really love the Dennis Schroeder, the Dennis Schroeder trade. I'm getting minutes and I'm getting points. That's what I'm getting out of Dennis Schroeder. But outside of everything else, I don't really know what to make of the Lakers game. That's why I think my prediction that I pointed out, I feel like that this game's going to go all the way to the overtime. And I feel like Golden State, for as long as we've seen this, could potentially upset the Lakers. Something that's interesting in the cards. Do I think it's a guarantee it would happen? I don't know. But people are going to be glued to the television when the Lakers and Warriors are playing. They are not going to watch Boston against Washington. Not, not, they're not even going to pay any attention to Indiana and Charlotte. And they're not even going to care who wins when it comes to San Antonio and, um, what was it? San, you know, San Antonio and Memphis. Only except for John Morant. That's it. But the only game is Golden State in the Lakers. Tell, tell me I'm wrong. Because this is probably the only one that you're going to get more of those revenues from. And only from the start of the playoffs. Because once the playoffs start, that's it. Now we're in playoff basketball. So that's my thing with it. I just feel like that when I'm getting Steph Curry of the Warriors and LeBron James of the Lakers, you've got a really good West showdown. And this is all to punch the ticket into getting further in the playoffs. That's all this is. Golden State's working their rookies. You know, the Lakers are trying to retain the championship reign. So this is, a, this is all sorts of pressures on their backs. All sorts of pressures on their shoulders. So 
I'm really interested to see what will happen in this play in tournament. I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be one. We ain't never seen in a long time at all. We'd never seen this before. So I'm curious to see how successful this play in tournament really is going to be. And if it really is successful, then because I, I just don't see it being one that I could consider long-term. I really can't. I cannot see this being long-term at all. But what I, what I will tell you is that I think it's something that really will catch the interest of a lot of people because think about it. When we see LeBron James on television, you already know you're going to be witnessing greatness. Um, when we watch Steph Curry, you're going to be watching one of the best shots in basketball ever, you know, in our lifetime. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to start up, but I thought, I think this was great. All right. So let's talk about hockey, by the way, uh, because the Stanley cup playoffs, I thought was so much fun this weekend. What a great start. It has been. We started with the capitals and the Bruins. Uh, Zadino Chara is a part of the capitals facing his former team since he's been with the team since 2006. Um, the capitals take game one in overtime another game as well you got Sidney crosby and the pittsburgh penguins and you've got the new york you got the new york islanders the islanders upset the penguins 2 years ago and they took game 1 of the of the playoffs in round 1 in overtime the vegas golden knights and the minnesota wild vegas has a lot of pressure on their shoulders minnesota just so happens to have had a really good record against vegas all throughout the season and you got Kirill Kaprizov, you got Matt Dumba, you got Eunice Brodin, you have Camp Talbot, who saved almost close to 50 saves in that game. And here was the unfortunate part. I mean, Alec Martinez was doing what he could to execute his role in defense, but that puck just so happened to ricochet off the skate and it found its way into the net, and that was your ballgame. You can't ask for more than that. I know people got upset. And here was what was interesting. Because, of course, during the interview, during the interview with Mark Stone and, of course, with Marc-Andre Fleury, I was really, like, I, I, I was really, <laughs> I never knew what to say when it came to the, pe the people that were asking the questions. When it came to media asking the questions. I mean, this was one that, you know, all of us could shake our heads at. But all of it, you know, the, the way that things unfolded and the way that they were asking the question was so weird. And what here's what was interesting, because Mark Stone was asked a question of, uh, you know, dating back from last year. Do you really think Mark Stone's going to care what happened last year? We're in right now in the playoffs. What I'd much rather talk about, because there was a question that basically asked, you know, was this something that reemerged from last season and all that? And he's just said this. I don't even remember last season. Of course you don't. As a captain, you don't think about last season. You never think about last season and what it gave you. What you think about is what's happening right in front of you right now. That's why I laugh when it 
comes to it. So I just really think that when it came to something like that, they're not, they were not going to care about what happened in the previous outings. They're worried about what is this going to mean for the momentum moving forward, knowing that losing an overtime and I mean, look, you want to know what was the biggest takeaway from that game in minute, you know, in Vegas against Minnesota, 23 blocked shots. What do you expect them to do? I mean, the offense is trying their absolute hardest to get through the defense, but they blocked 23 shots. This is outside of, I mean, this is outside of the goaltending. That's outside of everything. So I thought it was, I thought it was just really, really good. Then, you know, I'm looking at Tampa Bay in Florida yesterday, and now I'm starting to have some thoughts about Tampa. Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos are back. So that just tells you there may be some momentum coming out of Tampa Bay this year. So, but who knows? I think that's going to be really interesting to see. But this has been a really good start for the NHL playoffs. And by the way, I have a scoring update so far. So we got game two of the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins. And the Boston Bruins win in overtime as Brad Marchand ended up delivering uh, the goal with 39 seconds into overtime. And the Bruins were able to cap off a close one, four to three. So they take game two. And so far, it's four to two Carolina against Nashville. A uh, couple of goals that have been scored. Uh, Jordan Stahl twice. Uh, Timo Teravainen. Um, he's got one tonight. Philip Forsberg. Uh, Eric Halla. So I'm telling you, I kept saying this. Carolina, Carolina is going to be one team that's going to be very interesting in the Central. But I really do think they're going to end up capping off. I really do think they're going to cap off that one. It's a pretty goal, but <laughs> because we're all talking about Brad Marshad, it's a pretty goal, but Marshawn is still a rat. <laughs> he's always a rat. He's the rat of the he's the rat of the NHL. Absolutely. So, all right, coming up next. Um, so I've been looking at this NFL schedule, and there have been a bunch of teams that I could just look at right now. And Every single, I mean, these, this has been king of the NFL with the way that the schedules have been shaped up and the matchups and everything in between. You can't tell me that this league hasn't paid attention for the last few seasons. They made a lot of adjustments, and I know why. When you have a big-time media company that's televising everything, you got to put on a show. And I'm going to explain the breakdown of this season and why I think 2021 is going to give us more football and is going to give us better. I think, honestly, it's going to give us better TV revenues, in my opinion. But I'm going to explain that coming up next. Plus, I'm also going to be talking about Albert Pujols to the Dodgers. Why I think this is really interesting. Of what this means for the history of the Dodgers. And could this really just be the last hurrah for Albert Pujols? I mean, got released by the Angels, gets picked up by the Dodgers for the remainder of the season. So who knows what this is going to bring up? I'm going to explain that all coming up next. 
So for all of my fantasy, uh, my fantasy gurus out there far and wide, wherever you may be, you guys love fantasy sports and you guys also love winning cold, hard cash also at the same time. Well, there is a platform there for you. It's called thrivefantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy has so many different matchups left and right. They they refresh them every single day from baseball to basketball to hockey and to so much more. And they even have eSports for all of you gamers up out there who love playing video games and you guys also love some of the um, competitive gamers. You've also got eSports. So definitely check out Thrive Fantasy. And when you sign up and put in 20 bucks into your first deposit, use promo code SSNetwork and Thrive Fantasy promises to match it to 50 bucks. Sounds like a deal, right? That means more money, more pay, more play, and you could be winning up to 15 grand in pool plays as they get refreshed every single day. So go to thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network, thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network, and start playing today. Welcome to Hammer's house.
Welcome to the My City My Game Pop Show featuring Raider J77. Your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. So, of course, as you guys know, if for some of you that ended up missing the deals on everything as far as apparels go, we've got you covered on the Spotlight Sports Network by going to SpotlightSportsNetwork.com. Go to the merchandise section powered by Spreadshirt. We have T-shirts. We've got hats. We've got hoodies. We've got so much more. And if you missed out on the sale, stay tuned because we do have more. You don't want to end up missing it here. Go and get geared up for your favorite network, for your favorite shows, and rep us all together. Rep us all the way all together. We appreciate every single one of our supporters and our fans here who has been with us all throughout the start. So, you know, it's um, <clears throat> this NFL season is going to be really, really interesting to watch, and I think one is going to be very exciting, one that myself, as a football fan and always what I've looked at with the NFL, because this is what's so King about how good the NFL as an organization really has been. I don't care what anybody says. I really don't care because you could say what you want to about Roger Goodell. You could say what you want to about all this, other, you know, all this other stuff. But it hasn't prevented us from watching football, has it? It hasn't stopped us from watching football that we love day in and day out and cannot wait for the season to start. So no matter what we think, we're not taking our eyes off the television when it comes to football. It's too, it's too much. There's a lot on the line. So this year, when I looked at the NFL schedule, let me just show you how good the NFL has been. Thursday night, you got the Dallas Cowboys. You get Dak's return from injury. And you've also got CeeDee Lamb. You got a bunch of really good offensive pieces. Zeke, uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. And you've also got a young defense. And you're taking on the reigning Super Bowl champions and Tom Brady and the, and the Buccaneers. And they brought all 23 of their starters back, which I thought was incredible. I don't know how the GM pulled it off, but all 23 of them are back. They're going to run this thing again because nobody's gone back to back since 03-04 when Tom did that years ago with the Patriots. That's the only time. And I think it's interesting, and I think that is how you start a season with the bang. Cowboys and Bucks, big-time TV ratings, Dak's Return from injury. Tom Brady. The Brady Bunch is returned. What else am I getting all throughout the season? I'm also getting a potential revenge game for Sam Darnold. You got the Jets and the Panthers. And what's interesting is you've got the number two overall pick in Zach Wilson, which I don't know if he could play. I don't know if he could play. And in a division that is stacked with defenders, that's going to be tough. I mean, the Patriots' defense is always clutch. The Bills' defense, they play hard. And then you've got Miami and Brian Flores. That's going to be a lot to handle for Zach Wilson. And Sam Darnold, 
We've had so many conversations about him that he just comes up short for the Jets. He's not exactly the type of quarterback, all this and that. And he's going to prove to everybody in the NFL, he's going to prove to everybody in the NFL he could play. I know he could play. I have seen his accuracy. I have seen his pocket presence. He can play. And for him in Carolina at home against his former team is going to speak a lot of volumes because then it's not going to be Sam Darnold or the Jets. It's going to be against Adam Gase. That's what it's going to tell you. It's going to send a message to Adam Gase that you just can't coach in this league. You really can't coach and you really cannot develop. And it happens. What am I also getting? I mean, the Dolphins and the Patriots. I'm getting Brian Flores, former defensive coordinator, against one of the best in Bill Belichick. And it's always just one of those tough grinders. But it's going to be very interesting of how that, see, how that game is going to come about. What else am I also getting? I'm getting the Bears and the Rams. What's interesting about the Bears, I mean, the defense with Khalil Mack, um, Akeem Hicks, and so many others. I'm getting a real good defense against Matthew Stafford in LA. And what's interesting about this, this is what's funny. I mean, you think about his best friend, Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers. It's LA magic. Now Matthew Stafford is in Los Angeles. They trade away Jared Goff because he just couldn't fit the system with Sean McVay. And McVay told you that. So now in comes Matthew Stafford, where we have said this over and over again in the last few years, that he's got the talented arm, he's got the accuracy, but where in the hell is he going to get an offensive line? He's going to get a much better offensive line. I think he's going to get a much better run game with Cam Akers, and he's got weapons. So there's no excuses for this, and he does have a supportive defense. Now, i like to see how the secondaries really play out without John Johnson and Troy Hill. But, I mean, the Rams, it's prime time. I mean, that that's a... That's one game that's right there primetime on Sunday night. What else? Ravens in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Lamar Jackson taking on Derek Carr in the Raiders on Monday night. I mean, all these games that I'm looking at all the way through on week one and how you're going to start this year off, I think is great. And it only gets better from here. It gets so much better from here because there are a bunch of games that you're going to watch this you got in week two you're going to have dallas in los angeles you're going to have the cowboys taking on justin herbert and the chargers in sofi a big time game i mean highest paid loves their football and then they come into a big media town in los angeles they love it so i think the nfl was absolutely king about this with the, with the whole season so people that tell me they're not going to watch the NFL season. How could you not? I mean, I, I, I'm really curious to, to find that out. I think to me, this is such a good, this is such a good lineup of games all throughout the season. I mean, how could you not? So it, it, it's one of the reasons that I think the NFL is always going to continuously stay consistent when it comes to knowing who their providers are, 
knowing exactly where they're going to get their much needed revenues and how they're going to get it. And it's honestly like it, it it's, it's great for everybody. Everybody loves this kind of stuff. So I think that in the end, the NFL could not do you any wrong throughout this season. They really could not. So I, I liked it. I, I really do like how they set this schedule up. I think this is best for the fans, but I also do think this is going to be really good for the, for the NFL moving forward. And you've got international games as well. But there are so many primetime games that I'm just like, wow. I, I mean, this is going to be a really, really good week. These are really good weeks. So time now for the hot press. All right, so the New England Patriots have been set to re-signing quarterback Brian Hoyer. They are going to re-sign him to a contract. So, of course, he's he's joined in with a crowded, um, with a crowded quarterback depth outside of Cam Newton, knowing that you've got also um, Mac Jones and Jared Stidham. So it just kind of seems like you know you're going to add in at least a little bit of extra depth at quarterback. And Brian Hoyer, who's known this system for a long time outside of Tom Brady, understands what it takes, understands Bill Belichick and what his expectations are. So Brian Hoyer, he's going to be staying put with Bill Belichick. So um, so this is interesting. But <laughs> so new head coach of the Detroit Lions, uh, Dan Campbell, if we haven't really gotten enough about, you know, biting them on their, their kneecaps and all this other stuff. So here we go. And this I thought was great off the cuff. Detroit lions coach, Dan Campbell jokes about, uh, bringing a pet lion to practice. So this was the thought if bringing a super bowl to Detroit required losing an arm, then new lions head coach, Dan Campbell says, he would be armless. Although Campbell has yet to coach an actual game in Motown in his first year, uh, making an early case of one of them, which was an off-the-cuff style. So he said, you know, he was up on a Pardon My Take podcast where he shared it, that he may actually bring around... Um, he presented the Lions owner, Sheila Ford Hamp, about having a pet lion around the team's practice facility. And this is what he went on to say. I don't think we're going to be able to do it, but I would love to literally just have a pet lion, just a legit pet lion on a chain, a big ass chain. And he really is my pet. We just walk around the building. We go out to practice. We're at seven on seven. We're behind the kicker when he's kicking. There we are. I, I look. I I love the enthusiasm out of Dan Campbell, but you're talking about a Detroit Lions franchise that has not had any successes. I mean, you've got Jared Goff, who's got a, a chip on his shoulder that he has something to prove against the Rams. Um, and you don't have Matthew Stafford. You don't have Megatron. You don't even have any of these guys. And you're talking about bringing in a pet lion something about sports superstition just really it really takes my interest but 
is so strange to me when you have a franchise that has not had a successful uh, go around for uh, ever since the fr- it even became a franchise. I don't know. I just really think that this this is just kind of nonsense to me. Look, we don't even know if Dan Campbell can coach. That's the thing. We're ta- he's talking about bringing in all this stuff to really hype, you know, the team up. But what what exactly are your tangibles when it comes to winning games? We don't see that yet. We have no idea what Dan Campbell is capable of. So this kind of silly charade that I'm reading off here is just I mean, hey, it looks like fun. Looks like fun if you could, you know, make the the Detroit Lions into a petting zoo, but I don't know. I don't know how this is going to really end up for Detroit and even for Dan Campbell. Apparently this first year is just going off the you know, it's going off the rails. Oh boy. Really really interesting. But um so this I thought was really interesting. Um so Lonzo Ball, as we know, the New Orleans Pelicans did not end up making it into the playoffs this year. But Ball, Balonzo Ball is set to be a restricted free agent, and he said he would love to return to the Pelicans. So, of course, there were a couple of conversations, but this is what Ball said specifically. That's a conversation between me and my agent moving forward, but obviously I would love to be back. I built a bond, a bond here with the coaches and the teammates who are here. I definitely wouldn't mind coming back at all. Um, so it kind of tells you what, what the difference, like as far as the change has been for Lonzo ball in his career, because you have to think about it. You're overcoming a lot of just the family adversities. LaMelo ball is balling out right now and in Charlotte and they're in the playoffs. Um, and then you're looking at how Lonzo even got to this point of being there in new Orleans. You have Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, drew holiday, Lonzo, to me, I never seen was as a terrible player. I think he's a really good ball distributor. I think he's one that you were looking at a different type of Steve Nash-like things because even Steve Nash didn't even have to score so many points. You know, he was a guy that loved to distribute the ball, loved to open up the court, and even for the perimeter, for everybody to get their opportunities. So, I, I mean, you... you Ask yourself, because I feel like literally Lonzo Ball would not be New Orleans' biggest problem. I don't believe that. But I think if he returns to New Orleans, I think this is a really, really good thing for him. He's built a bond. And again, outside of family reasons, I think he's really kind of dug into this culture. And I think he's really, really set the tone and set the mark for the New Orleans Pelicans. But who knows? Everything's just got to click at the right moment to make the playoffs. All right, so that was the hot press. Coming up next on my best for last here, um, you know, because this is going to be at least a little bit of my prediction for the NBA. Only just for the play-in tournament. I know a lot of people have. Uh, well, I mean, I might actually just get into this just to kind of wrap this up because uh, my biggest take up on this, because the play-in tournament, you got four of them. You got two in the West, two in the East. 
I again, as I've said before, I think the Warriors and the Lakers are going to be the most watched game just to really start the playoffs in general. I really think that. And I think it it, it sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get a lot of these television revenues. So as far as the Memphis Grizzlies and the um the San Antonio Spurs are concerned, I mean, listen, this is nothing against Greg Popovich and I've said this before. Nothing against him, but I feel like John Morant and the and the Memphis Grizzlies will win this game. I really think they're going to end up winning this game, beating the San Antonio Spurs because it's just not a group. It's not, it's not the same Popovich group. This is a bunch of young kids outside of Demar Derozan. I don't know how good their defense is, and neither how efficient their offense is. So, I mean. They made it into the tenth spot. I mean, it's another recognition for for Popovich, but this is nothing. You know, no knock in his career. But I'm just looking at it from a talented standpoint because John Morant could do literally everything: open the court up for everybody, and really distribute the ball and take the shots. I mean, John Morant has been doing all of this. I think he's very impactful. I think also it makes his team teammates impactful just by the way he really just sets the tone. So I feel like Memphis is going to beat San Antonio in this game. And then you've got the winner from there and the loser. I, I, I felt like this is weird to me. This is really, really weird to me. But you you're going to... So the winner, here's what's weird. You're going to have the winner. This is what I like about it. You're going to have the winner of the Lakers and Golden State. And whoever wins that game is going to play Phoenix. So one team is going to have a second chance. So if LeBron doesn't win this game for gold, against Golden State and Golden State has to play Phoenix, that means LeBron James will then have to play John Morant in Memphis to make his way in to uh to Utah against Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in a really good Utah Jazz team. I mean, I've been really impressed with the Utah Jazz this year, but the question is can they really go all the way? It's tough. It's not for everybody. So, that's what I feel like Memphis will win this game against San Antonio and San Antonio will be going home. Um the Lakers, I feel like, are going to drop this game against Golden State. I feel like Steph Curry is going to be really, really good. And it'll be an overtime shot. Curry's going to make the shot. But the Lakers will have a second chance against Memphis. So they're dodging a bullet. Um, on the other side, Indiana and, uh, and Charlotte. I feel like Charlotte is going to beat the Pacers. I don't understand how the Pacers are even in this position, but you are talking about an Eastern Conference that is really not as strong. And so a young core like Charlotte, who's been really, really good with every single one of the young core guys, I think Charlotte's going to move on and win this game. Then you have Boston and Washington. That either one that wins, they were going to play Brooklyn Um in that series, who was the number two seed. 
and then they're going to end up playing the winners of Charlotte and the Charlotte in Indiana. So there's a lot to really look into. There's a lot to really look into. But I feel like if Boston doesn't end up winning this game, then they have to play that winner of Charlotte in Indiana. And if and then they would have to play the Sixers, the number one seed. But if you win this out and you're playing Brooklyn, I mean, you have to ask yourself, because Brooklyn is not a tough defensive team. They're not. That's just a team that really knows how to score. They have a lot of really good scoring advocates. But defense is really going to throw them all over the place. So I just think that that that's with the look of this play in tournament. Now I will not have the rest of the playoffs just yet. That'll be in my best for last segment in due time, probably by this next weekend. But everything that I look at from this play in tournament, that's the way that I'm going to end up seeing it from tonight. So I'm taking Memphis to beating San Antonio. I'm taking Golden State to move on and play Phoenix. And then the Lakers against the Spurs. I think the Lakers are going to make it through. They're going to they're gonna dodge a bullet from it. And then they have to play Utah. So that's my look for the West. And the East, I'm going to have Charlotte beating Indiana. Then you have Boston and Washington. Regardless of it, I feel like it, because you have to ask yourself if you're Brad Stevens and Daddy and Danny H, would you rather face the Sixers or would you rather face Brooklyn? Either way, you're kind of caught in a jam. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Washington to win. And what but but early on, like I thought about it. Because I am taking Boston. I am taking Boston to end up winning the game. But then they're going to have to play Charlotte. So Washington is still going to have to... They're still making it in to play Brooklyn. And then I think Boston... Boston's going to win and they're going to play the Sixers. It just seems like there's a lot of complexity with all of this. Because I'm confident yet not so confident in the Celtics' play. I'm confident in it because Jason Tatum's been in this, in this position. He's had to overcome a lot of adversities. Charlotte's a young group, and Indiana just doesn't look like they're a team that really wants to be in it. Memphis is good. John Morant makes them better. Um, the Lakers have a lot of adversity than versus what last year gave them. And then it's the return of, Gold, of Golden State and Steph Curry. So... However you look at this thing, folks, there is, there's so much to break down in so much time, but I'm a guarantee that that's just what I feel like is going to be the look. That's what it's really going to look like. The NBA playoffs has been such an interesting look. I mean, who are you going to take? Who are you really going to take between Golden State and the Lakers? I just think that Steph Curry, the way that he's been putting up the numbers, it's it's unbelievable. And I think makes a lot of sense. So however you look at this at this thing, folks, I mean, this is this is really, really good. 
This is re- this is really really good. I like how things really just matched up from here. But um, but yeah, I think it. I think it's gonna turn out. I think it's gonna turn out really good. I just don't know with how we're gonna look at with the NBA playoffs and how the rest of it's gonna move forward in the next couple of years. But yeah, it's gonna be crazy. But uh, real quick, I wanted to say this about the Albert Pujols thing. Albert Pujols to the Dodgers. I don't know what the hell that they were even thinking about getting Albert Pujols. Back end of his career. By the way, the Angels finally figured that out. I mean, 10 years into the contract, what is that giving you? It's only giving you one playoff appearance, one postseason appearance for the Angels. No pitching, not even just clutch situations outside of Shohei Otani and a bunch of others. This has just not been good for this Angel franchise. That's why the general manager got fired. That's why, you know, they had to change. They had to change managers. But I'm looking at this from this standpoint right now, and just the pitching is still stays the same. It still looks like that. So until the Angels really do wow me, because I've always loved talking about the Angels, and I talk from a reasonable standpoint. I really, really do. I talk from a reasonable standpoint about how the Angels have been looking over the last couple of seasons, and it's not good. You let Mark Trumbo walk. You've had a bunch of real good prospects slip out of your hands due to trades and then big time free agent signings. You never once, like even in the off season, when you had all the big time pitchers, Garrett Cole, Madison Bumgarner, um, Steven Strasburg, you couldn't land any of them. You couldn't land either of them to contracts. And something like that just tells me, even in an LA market, how truly invested they are in getting Mike Trout a World Series championship. Is it ever going to happen? I mean, he's got 13 years of that contract, folks. Last thing you want to do is waste away more of those years, especially when he's in his prime. You want to waste those years away, and then it's going to take him an awfully long time until he does. You decide. But I'm looking at this now from the other side on the Dodgers with getting Albert Pujols. I mean, I don't ever see him, you know, even having or retaining a spot. I really don't. I see him more as a guy that could be a veteran leadership guy who could be a real good hitting coach for all these youngsters and also fills in because of the injuries that has happened in their lineup. So who knows? Who really, really knows? But I just look at this whole thing, and again, Albert Pujols, there is no knock to his career. Multi-MVP, two-time World Series champion, uh, you know, long-time all-star. The guy is ridiculous. I am not shunning that away. When you're in the tail end of your career and you're just, you can't do it no more. Like trust yourself enough that you've put your body through longevity. I mean, we do this in life all the time. We invest so many years 
into one place. That if it just feels like that the energy and the vibe just doesn't seem the same, but you've done what you could and you've achieved every single accolade, you've achieved every amount of greatness, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Pujols has been an absolute great guy. I mean, God, he was fun to watch in St. Louis. He was an absolute monster. That's why they called him a machine. Knew how to hit. I mean, good God, he was hitting beans in his hometown. Just small little beans, just for hand-eye coordination. The guy was fun to watch. When I'm looking at this right now, why would the Dodgers even need him for? They wouldn't need him for ticket sales. The Dodgers don't struggle for tickets. I don't see the point here. So, if it's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, What what's going on, Marty? I, I mean, look, Corey Seager was never going to give up five. You, you and I both knew that. He was not going to give up five. And yet, you're giving him Russell Martin's number, and I don't know. I, I don't know how to think of it. <laughs> it's already odd enough. We've had so many oddities this year that it's just odd enough that you're going to end up doing something like this. So I don't know what the Dodgers' plans are. I really don't. But it's still a long season. We still have so much baseball left to cover. Um, it's really interesting. So, alrighty, I want to thank every single one of you guys for uh, for joining me here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. I really do appreciate it, you guys. And if you want more of me, catch me tomorrow as I will be covering Game Two of the Stanley Cup Playoffs, Round One against the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights. Game two of that series. You don't want to end up missing that here on the Spotlight Sports Network. That will be 7 p.m. Pacific uh, and 7 or 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Love playoff hockey. Love this time of year. And it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. I am really excited for it. So thank you guys so much. Have a great night. And then we will see you guys tomorrow for the live play-by-play -play commentary. Take care of yourselves.